0: what's up rhythm church pastor jeff here along with my beautiful wife
1: i'm aaron
0: and as you notice aaron got a haircut
1: i don't think they noticed <laughs> did you notice <laughs> yes. I mean,
0: it's not it's not very noticeable it's not very, it's not yeah, very noticeable well i think it's noticeable i like it thank I, you i always love it when you get a haircut it's my nice. hair
1: was like this when we started dating yeah. it was short like this mm-hmm. it was a lot more blonde but i think you're nostalgic because be it brings normal. you back to the day when we were young
0: except and, for i think you're enlist. far better you're far better now than you were then 100 percent
1: thank you you're you welcome. too
0: well thanks i aged well you
1: you do age well
0: yeah we're like fine wine we just get better with age so i hear <laughs> hey since everything is starting to open up again uh i want to know what restaurant are you most looking forward to Dining in again, because everyone wants to know out there. Everyone is asking.
1: Everyone. Everyone's like, yeah. "Hey,
0: stuff's opening. Where does Aaron want to eat?" Where does eat?
1: Aaron want to eat? Yeah. You know where I want to eat is um, Grand Slam Pizza Ooh. in Vista. I
0: love Grand Slam Pizza.
1: And yeah. I'll tell you why. I love that pizza, and we've actually taken it to go several times during the shutdown. But their atmosphere is so full yep. of love and super excitement. Friendly. We love eating there. You walk Mm -hmm. in the door, you're you're an instant friend or family of the owners. And we also love supporting them, not just because their food is good and the atmosphere is awesome, but they do also come to the church. To rhythm church. So
0: for sure, for sure. I
1: can't wait just to sit down and enjoy good food there.
0: Ditto, ditto. You know what I also can't wait for since everything is opening up, our church is opening up next weekend. party! So next Sunday, um, our doors are open. We're now gonna have three different church experiences where you can actually have an in-person church experience here at Rhythm Church at 9 or 11. You can attend a watch party and you can always continue to attend online if you're not comfortable yet gathering. We have a whole video. If you haven't checked it out, you can go to our website and see that as well. But yeah, we're starting back up. We're, we're, we're gonna do the social distancing and all that. The details are in there. I don't wanna go too deep in it because we have gotta get into the message. But also too, hey, head to the website right now for, yes. um, you can give online to continue to help support financially the mission and vision of Rhythm Church. You can fill out a communication card on digital communication card online, which just lets us know, A, how you're doing, B, if there's any teams that maybe you wanna sign up for. Um, or just want to just check in. And then we also have stuff for kids, as well as worship on there, too, from Absolutely. our very own worship people, CJ and Christina. Yes. Am I missing anything?
1: No, I think we need to get into We're gonna get the message. message. We're going to get in the message. We're going to get in the message. Okay. I love you. Love you.
0: All right. Okay. Hey, Rhythm Church, let's turn right now to Matthew chapter number nine. Matthew chapter number nine. We're going to read verses 35 through chapter 10, verse eight. And... Um, we're gonna, we're just gonna dive in as we continue in our series made for this. So Matthew chapter number nine, Matthew's in the New Testament, very first book in the New Testament. Easiest way to find it is turn to the very front of your Bible, look in the Old Testament section, then go to the, to the New Testament section, find Matthew, turn to that page number, find the big number nine, and then the little number 35. We're gonna read again, chapter nine, 35 through chapter 10, verse eight. Again, as you turn there, we are pumped. We are so excited to be able to meet together in person. Um, we are taking uh, the precautions that we need to, being incredibly safe, um, as well as like no children's ministry. Again, please go watch that video so that you get the full details of everything. And if you want to get updates, maybe it, maybe you're not, maybe you're newer to this church, you can, you can sign up for our email list, but we give all sorts of updates. All right, chapter number nine, verse 35, this is going to be an interesting one. Here it goes, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And he names the, the twelve apostles, and it says in verse five, then these twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any towns of the Samaritans. We're going to get into that a little bit later because that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons freely. You have received freely, give. In our made for this series, I just want to just speak very briefly on this idea of meet the needs. Meet the needs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask now that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, convict us, encourage us. Father, draw us closer to you. We love you. We thank you. We trust you. It's your name we pray. Amen. 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 Um whew, we, we, are, we are living in wild times. Um, normally, I like to you know start off messages with some sort of personal story that's funny to me anyways, maybe not to you, but I just feel like, man... I don't, I, I can't think of anything like that right now. I feel like everything that's happening in our nation is so, it's so wild and so, um, it's just crazy. And I think that, you know, like right now, like everything is in our nation is so polarizing. It's so polarizing. Um, we've, we're living through a pandemic that has killed um, well over 100,000 people now. Uh, over 40 million jobs have been lost. One in four Americans right now is unemployed. One in four Americans is unemployed. Um, we are uh, experiencing um, uh, protests be- because of racial issues. So we have protests, and we have uh, that are peaceful. We have um, riots that are more violent. Um, people are on edge. It's just like, you can feel it. People are on edge. Uh, They're looking to argue and fight about anything and everything. Um, Right now, it's funny. Uh, It's not funny. But right now, if you say you stand for one thing, people automatically think that you stand against something else. And that's not always the case. Um, It's just, it's, and every time you turn on the TV or YouTube or whatever, there's just news story after news story after news story. Kind of that, like that, everything is imploding. It really, it, people. It really just shows that to have your security in anything else but Jesus is an illusion. Right. It just, yeah. it's pure and simple, yeah. an illusion. Um, Jesus really is the only thing that we have security in. Our eternity. If you've given your life to Jesus, your eternity is the only thing that really is secure. Everything else can, and as we're seeing, will fall apart. Yeah. Now. Now, within this, uh, we're, I, I think we're, as our nation, we're, we're looking, again, we just see crowds of people. Again, you turn on the news, you see crowds and crowds of people, whether it's in protests or whether it's the idea of like this pandemic and how many people it's just killed. You just see crowds and crowds of people, but we have to remember that within the crowds, there is the individual, that within the multitudes, there, there is the one, and that, that one person has needs. They're real. They're human. They've been hurt, or they have emotions and feelings and all this stuff, right? And so we see in Matthew chapter number nine here, Jesus is going through all these different towns and villages. He's healing people, every disease, every sickness. He's um, he's preaching the good news of the gospel, and. It says that he he sees the crowds. Now, that word see there, it's super important that you guys get this. It's super important. It, the word see just doesn't mean to like see. It means to perceive. Right. It means to actually see an individual and understand who they are. So it says when he sees the crowds. He doesn't look past the crowds, but he sees the crowds. And when he sees the crowds, he has compassion. He has compassion. Right here, ladies and gentlemen, we see the... Um, the, the motivation that is behind Jesus is he is motivated by compassion. Matter of fact, if you're at home taking notes, write that down, that we need to be motivated by compassion. We need to see people. We need to see them. We need to care. Yes. Like we, we need to perceive what it is that they're going through, that they were harassed. He says that they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. They're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, as the church, we have the shepherd. We have the one who gives us direction. We have the one who leads us. We have the one who takes care of us. Um, And sometimes when you're a part of that, when when you're a part of a church body, when you've been a believer in Jesus, where he is the one who sets your path. He is the one who who, lays out your life for you. He is the one that takes care of you. Sometimes we forget that other people don't have the shepherd, like I have, I have the good shepherd. I have Jesus in my life. Not only that, I have under shepherds in my life. I have pastors in my life. Yes, your pastor has pastors. And these people are constantly reminding me and pointing me towards Jesus and the great purpose that he has in my life and, and the great promises that he has in my life. But there's people out there that are sheep without a shepherd. They're sheep without a shepherd because we're sheep. You know, the funny thing is, is that... Uh, as human beings, the Bible describes us to, like likens us to an animal that is a sheep. Like it doesn't liken us to like a cool animal, like you know, like lions or like. I mean, you guys are like lions or like you guys are like cheetahs. You're fast, you know. Like no, he says we're sheep, and sheep are dumb. <laughs> My daughter's over there cheering. No, sheep. Sheep are dumb. Now again, like you're probably going, did the pastor just call me dumb? No, the Bible called you, calls you dumb. <laughs> they're like sheep, because here, here's what sheep will do. If sheep are not led properly, they're not taken care of properly, um, they will consume everything around them. Sheep in a field will eat all of the grass until there's nothing else left to eat. Right. And then they'll sim- they, they won't move. They'll simply die. If sheep are, aren't, if they don't have their wool taken care of, it will actually overpower them and, and cover them and eventually even kill them sheep when they go to like again you, you study scripture and the whole idea of sheep and shepherds it's actually really cool but sheep they will go to a river and they will begin to drink and they will go they'll just keep going deeper and deeper into the water until like they get swept away and because of their wool they get sucked underwater and they they drowned sheep need leaders people sheep need the shepherd sheep again um there was a a, a years ago there was a, a a herd a herd is that what a sheep are called a herd herd okay. of sheep flock, flock. thank you there was a her- flock herd of sheep there was a, a flock of sheep that was about 400 of them and and they the shepherd had wandered off for a little bit and one of those sheep actually began to walk other sheep began to follow that one sheep like fell off a ravine for like i think it was Hundreds of feet, right? And then all the rest of the sheep just followed him. 400 sheep (laughs) just followed another sheep off the cliff and died. Like sheep, we got issues. We we got issues. We need need shepherds. We need the good shepherd Mm -hmm. who has compassion on us. And oftentimes we think about Jesus just seeing us and seeing us in our sin, but understand that Jesus not only has compassion, not only does Jesus wanna reach us in our sin, but he also wants to reach us in our situations. The things that we're facing that don't even necessarily have to do with a sin or a sin issue, just the situations that we face, Jesus wants to get in there and be a part of it, and he wants to fix things, he wants to heal us, he wants to meet with us. Every disease and sickness, it does not matter, he wants to step into our situation. And because he sees this and he has such compassion, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Meaning that there's more people that need to be reached than there are people to reach those people. Mm-hmm. There's more people that need help, that need love, than there are people to go help and to love. Mm-hmm. So he says, ask the, ask the Lord of the harvest to send our workers into the harvest field. Basically he's saying, I'm about to send some people out to, to meet some needs. I'm about to send some people out. Now, this is where it gets interesting because he tells his disciples, once he gives them this instruction, he says, don't go to the Samaritans, don't go to the Gentiles, just go to the lost sheep of Israel, just go, just go to the Israelites. Now, if you understand, um, the tension between people groups in this era, you could read that and you could go, wow, that is incredibly prejudiced. Wow, that is like, in terms of today, that would, we consider it racist, mm-hmm. um, Prejudice, bigotry—it's been—it's been around almost since the beginning. Uh, and the Bible, it doesn't necessarily—they don't call it racism. Racism was a term that you know, was happened, I think, around fifteen hundred or something. We won't, we won't necessarily get into the history of that, but but to understand that the Jews, the Israelites, they they had they had hatred for Samaritans, mm-hmm. hated the Samaritans. As a matter of fact, they would do everything they could to avoid Samaritan towns. They would walk all the way across like almost like a day's walk just to avoid going through a Samaritan town. Um, they hated Gentiles. They considered them Gentile pigs, like they would call them names, and vice versa, Gentiles hated Jews. Jews in this the first century in Rome were a hated people group, were a very marginalized people group, and that very marginalized people group marginalized other people groups. There was so much tension between people groups at this time. Now, for, for again, first century, and a lot within the Bible, it wasn't, it, these things were not based on color, they were based on religion, they were based on region, where you lived, they were based on um, your, basically your social economic class in life. And so again, to read this, you have to understand fully what Jesus is saying there. He's not saying, let's avoid people. He's not saying, let's only stick to our kind. What he's saying there is he's saying, look, um, if you go out right now and you try to hit, and you, you try to minister to the Gentiles, you try to minister to the Samaritans, they're gonna think that you're trying to convert them to, Ju- to Judaism like you're you're going to try to make them israelites you try to make them jews and that's not what we're doing here people right now we're trying to convert our people to understand that Jesus is the messiah that Jesus is the messiah so that's that's his mission right now is to, to get the israelites at this time the people of god to understand that he is the messiah he is the savior And once that happens, we see in Matthew chapter 28, we see in Acts chapter 1.8, that we are now called to go out to the rest of the world. We're to go out to all people, regardless of region, religion, um, race, any of that stuff. It comes down to this now that we are called as the body of believers to go out to all all people. And you see it throughout the rest of the New Testament in Galatians chapter three, which by the way, Galatians, the, the Galatia, I think it was Galatians, um, the church in Galatia had massive issues with um, basically prejudice and racism within that church. And so when Paul writes to them, he says, look, hey, there's, there's no s- s- slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, like, male nor female, we are all one in Christ. Say, saying, you can't, we're not going to fight each other. We can't fight each other. Like, we, we are on the same page in this. We're all about this. Jesus is for all people. Right. All people. He loves all people. That should be our heart, Christians, for all people. And so Jesus wants to multiply his efforts. He's motivated by compassion and wants to multiply his efforts to, to basically now we see because of Matthew 28 and Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that we are to go after all people. So he sends them out. He sends out his 12 disciples, his main crew, the people that he loves and he's been pouring into. He sends them out into the dangerous world. He doesn't say, you know what, man, I've seen these crowds. I've seen the issues in the world today. You know what, 12, let's just all sit back here and huddle and stay safe. Let's make sure that we don't get impacted or affected by any of the thing that's going on in the world. We don't, like he says, no, 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 you guys are now going to go out and you're going to meet the needs of the, of the nation. You're going to go out and meet the needs and take care of people. You're going to go out and be me, my representatives. Again, Acts chapter one, verse eight, my representatives, you're going to go out and be my witnesses to these people. You're going to do what I've been doing. You were made for this. We oftentimes in the church expect the pastors to do what Jesus was doing. We expect the teachers, the the church staff to do that. And if you understand anything biblically, you understand that Jesus actually equips us to do the work of the ministry meaning the whole body of christ ephesians chapter 4 ephesians chapter 4 he's saying look the leaders within the church are equipping you and inspiring you to go out and to do the work of the ministry i talked about this last week but we become way too consumeristic in our faith we need to get back to being evangelistic going out and telling people the good news going out and showing the people the good news And these guys weren't, like, incredibly qualified, by the way. Right. They, they, they were Galileans. Galileans in, in, in this era were known for being uncultured idiots. Are you an uncultured idiot? Yes. <laughs> you can do the work of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, like, I know, like, I'm full of insult today. He's called me a sheep and an uncultured idiot. No, I'm just saying that, like, it wasn't that these, you know, 12 disciples had you know masters of divinity you know degrees right. they they were just people who hung out with Jesus mm-hmm. if you're somebody who hangs out with Jesus who watches what he does who walks with him who learns the unforced rhythms of grace you can do this too you can you can jump into Matthew chapter 10 where he sends you out to meet the needs go tell the lost go help people he sends them out. It says in verse 16, like sheep among wolves, like sheep among wolves. Um, will you uh, experience hate when you go out with the gospel? Yeah. Will you be uh, confronted by others? Yeah. Uh, will people listen to you sometimes? Will people not listen to you? Yep, yeah, that's going to happen. We're, we're being sent out. And I've said this many times, we weren't saved to be safe. We are saved to fulfill the call and the mission that Jesus has placed on our lives and then to be in relationship with him. Like, that's that. So Jesus gathers these people, these 12, and then sends them out like sheep among wolves to go and to meet the needs. To meet the needs. Motivated by compassion. Motivated by compassion to multiply our efforts to meet the needs of the people. Yeah. To meet the needs of the people. It says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, basically any kind of skin infection, cast out demons, cast out demons, cast out demons. He says, These are, those were the, the, the needs of the people in their day. Yeah. That's, like, that's what people were struggling with. That's what people had issues with. And again, are we supposed to heal the sick? Yes, we were supposed to, yes. Are we supposed to cleanse it? Yes, we're supposed to be doing, we're supposed to be doing all these things. They just look differently today. Mm -hmm. They look differently today. Um, Racism is demonic. It is demonic. And it is woven deep into the fabric of our nation. Mm -hmm. And as believers, this is our fight. We are called to cast it out. We're called to cast out demons. Yeah. <clears throat> and if we don't get that this, is, this isn't a political battle, this is a spiritual battle. Yeah. Politics may be involved, of course, but this is a spiritual battle, church. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 makes it clear, we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of this dark world um second corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 says that um the weapons we fight with are not of this world but they have divine power to demolish strongholds we got to fight people and we got to fight with prayer we have to understand that the person next to us even if they disagree with us is not our enemy Mm -hmm. they're not our enemy so we need to pray and we need to do. We need to take physical actions. In James chapter 1, verse 27, it says, to take care of the widow and orphan is considered pure religion by God. Now, well, who are our widows and orphans today? In that day and age, the widows and orphans were the ones who could not take care of themselves. They were the weak. They were the ones that had no voice. That means that people, we need to speak up. We need to speak up. We need to use our voice. We need to use our voice to proclaim the gospel. We need to use our voice to proclaim the hope. We need to use our voice for those that have no voice or for those who maybe have been muted in our nation. We have to. We've got to pray, but we also have to do. And, and again, like... Believe me, church, your prayers are powerful. Mm-hmm. Your time with the Lord where you talk and you cry out for our nation and you cry out to end this, the, the virus that's going on, this virus is demonic. When you go on and, and, and to end racism, racism is demonic. When you cry out in prayer, God hears that. God hears that and he will move on our behalf. But then we also have to take action. We got to take action. And what I, <laughs> what I don't mean by taking action is getting on Facebook and arguing with every other person and every other post that you see. Right. That's dumb. That is like, uh, po- yeah, I, I, please post on social media. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying like too many of us are getting caught up. In, it, like it says in second Timothy chapter two, verses 23 and 24, do not have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Because you know that they produce quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, and not resentful. Do you guys get that? I mean, I would maybe you should read it again because some of us we just get we're getting quarrelsome and we're we're arguing for like we're trying to defend certain things and whatnot, and that's not it's not doing any good. There are but the, there are arguments that aren't foolish and stupid though. There are. There are issues that you do need to stand up for. There are things that you do need to say, but they need to be tempered by the word of God. They need to be tempered by the Holy Spirit inside you. So please, let me encourage you, before you type out that response, ask God, ask Jesus, say, Holy Spirit, is this what you would say? Right. Is this what you would type out right now? Is this how you would respond? Because you, you understand Jesus sat with people he disagreed with. People right. ate with people he disagreed with. He, Jesus ate with people he disagreed with. He sat at the, and to eat, it was a big deal to sit at somebody's mm-hmm. table. And Jesus would sit at the table of the Pharisees. He completely disagreed with them. Right. Sometimes he had to bring correction to them, but he sat down and he was with people. He sat with sinners. Yes. He sat with people he, he disagreed with and with people he ag- agreed with. Mm-hmm. Disagreement does not mean that you have to be divided. Right. right. And so I, it's, it, people, let's, let's get to a place to where we're, where we're not trying to win these dumb arguments. Mm-hmm. But are, are is what we're saying going to make an impact? Is it going to help eradicate the hurt and the pain that is felt in our, our nation? Like I said earlier, to stand for one thing does not mean that you stand against another. I think, man, what a powerful time for our church to be known what we stand for instead of what we stand against. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Too often Christians are known for what we stand against, but what do we stand for? The value of humanity, heck yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To to do what we can to get rid of human suffering, yes. To cast out demons, yes. To heal the sick, yes. To raise the dead, yes. To bring the life into the situations that we walk into. Use your voice. Proverbs 31 verses eight and nine says this, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Speak up. Proverbs chapter 31 verses eight and nine. Will this be unpopular? Yeah. Will people unfollow you? Yeah, hey, but guess what? John chapter six, people unfollow Jesus too.
1: Right,
0: right. Are you getting unfollowed right now? Unless you're like Jesus. WWJD, what would Jesus do? He'd get unfollowed. <laughs> he would speak truth, he would speak truth that other people wouldn't wanna hear. Yeah. And yeah, he, he, would, he would get unfollowed. Like, it's not being political, it's being biblical. Ooh, that's good. It's not being political, it's being biblical. And right now in our nation, <clears throat> right now in the world, but more specifically in our, in our nation, see the crowds, but see them as harassed and helpless. Even if, they, even if they're marching against something you don't agree with, even if their actions don't necessarily line up with what you think those actions should be, they're harassed and they're helpless. Why, why do you think people are writing? because deep down they're harassed and they're helpless and they need a shepherd, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. Mm-hmm. So allow yourself to see these things and to perceive them and allow that perception to move to compassion, that, compa- that compassion that lead to action and that action to lead to change. Mm-hmm. One more time, let me remind you, we're meeting the needs of the day. We're not battling against flesh and blood. This is spiritual. So much of what we're experiencing right now is demonic. And as believers, Jesus has given us the authority to cast this out. So we're gonna pray and we're gonna do. Freely, you have received, freely give. Church, now is not the time for us to hunker down and to stay safe. Now is the time for us to stand up. Now is the time for us to wage war, not with the weapons of the world, but with the weapons God gives us. Yeah. Love is a weapon. Yes. Self-sacrifice is a weapon. Grace is a weapon. Mercy is a weapon. Prayer. Let's wage war with those weapons because they demolish strongholds. They have divine power people to demolish strongholds. Right now, church, this is our time. This is our time to be sent out to meet these needs. To change the world because that's what we're called to do let's pray father we thank you we love you we trust you continue jesus to empower us with your holy spirit to not act out of our flesh to not act out of our own opinions emotions angers and fears but jesus to act out of your will and your purpose for our lives and for this world jesus help us to love and help us to forgive so freely. Father, we love you, we trust you, and we know that you have us in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, love you. I'm excited to gather with some of you in person and with some of you online next week. It's our comeback season. See you soon.